0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Pono, Love Pono podcast. We are a podcast that focuses on creating and building healthy relationships. Love Pono's mission is to provide a safe environment to help the community build and maintain healthy relationships through education, intervention, campus and community resources and counseling. We educate our community through events, social media campaigns, and workshops to cultivate a campus culture of responsibility and respect, ultimately preventing interpersonal violence. We're excited to have you here today for today's podcast.
1: to Live Pono, Love Pono. I'm your host, Alex Williamson, with Leeward Community College's Student Life, joined by my coworker, MJ. And today, we are talking to Sarita Washington, a counselor at Leeward Community College. Our conversation today revolves around a sensitive but prevalent topic affecting relationships, love bombing. Love bombing, as it is euphemistically called, is far from a loving practice. It is, in fact, a form of manipulation and a psychological abuse tactic employed by those with certain narcissistic personality traits. We are going to go over some examples of love bombing, and then we're going to have some questions over to our guest counselor, Sarita. First of all, we want to thank guest counselor Sarita Washington for joining us today. How are you?
2: Aloha, I am fantastic. And I think this is such an interesting topic for us to discuss because it definitely allows for us to kind of be on the lookout for signs that a relationship might be headed down the wrong path or that the partner you've selected may not be the one for you. So I think this will be a great discussion today.
1: Well, we really appreciate it because I know it'll resonate with a lot of our listeners. Can you uh, do us a favor and start out with like your definition of love bombing?
2: Sure. um, A lot of people think it's a new term, but it's not. It actually goes back to the 70s and kind of cult recruiting tactics. And then actually it was published in a book in 2009 about gangs and pimps and their manipulation. Actually, the book is called Gangs and Girls Understanding Juvenile Prostitution. And so think about that. If the tactics were used to recruit folks to an organization or entity against their will then it's a tactic that is manipulative and that's what we're talking about this kind of emotional psychological manipulation okay so picture this you're in a new relationship it's the start of something new and you're kind of hit with this wave of affection and compliments from the person that you're dating they treat you like you're the only person in the world it kind of sounds dreamy right like what folks may be looking for in a relationship. But here's the twist. With love bombing, it's all about locking down your trust and loyalty fast. So that fast part is really key. It usually starts out like a fairy tale, you know, like right at the start, it's all these sweet texts, nonstop compliments, maybe even some really like over the top gifts um, or plans for the future. They might sweep you off your feet and take you on a trip somewhere for a weekend, that kind of thing it feels really flattering and like you're the center of the world. But here's the catch. It happens really fast before they really get to know who you truly are. So that's your second kind of red flag. The first one was that they're kind of overly paying attention to you um, to the point where it makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable. Secondly, um, they they're kind of Getting too close too fast without knowing who you are. The whole point, of course, is to sweep you off your feet so you can trust them quickly. But this is where you have to watch out because once they feel like you're all in, things can flip really quick. And suddenly it's not so much about the lovey-dovey stuff. It's more about them trying to call the shots and control things. Because that honeymoon phase doesn't last forever. After putting you up on this high pedestal, what happens in love bombing is things starts to shift. And that same person who couldn't get enough of you starts picking at you and pulling away. And before you know it, things might just end out of the blue, which we'll talk about a little bit later too. And that's that's a problem because sometimes when it's all over, they circle back, promising you the moon and the stars just to try to reel you back in, just to kind of put you back on that emotional roller coaster if you decide to hop back on. But that's what I say it's time to get off the ride. That's,
1: that's a really good, like kind of comprehensive definition of what can go into love bombing, because I know that it happens very often more often than I think people think. So um, I think it's really important that we're talking about it and kind of why we're going to um, uh, lead now with some examples. Um, so maybe if folks aren't quite aware of how Love bombing does manifest itself in relationships. Uh, seeing these examples may be helpful uh, tips. So one of the first examples is identifying excessive attention or gifts. So could you provide us um, some some uh, Real life scenarios where this happens, especially in like the early stages of relationships. Uh, What boundaries would you recommend setting for this type of scenario?
2: Yeah, that's really interesting because, you know, all of us have been influenced by Hollywood, right? And by movies. Um, If you're a hopeless romantic like me, you might have been influenced also by the music that we listen to and the media we consume. And so a lot of times those things tell us that that's what you want is somebody who will sweep you off your feet. But when someone is love bombing you with these gifts, these are usually gifts that are just over the top. And it has to do with also monopolizing your attention so that your attention cannot be focused on someone else. And so it's tough because you have to kind of ask yourself, is it a two-way street right now? Romance is all about that two-way street in terms of respect and admiration. And so with love bombing, It's like it comes out of nowhere and hits you full force and it's intense. And that's part of the problem too, because that intensity is something that we might crave in a relationship. I mean, there's probably a dopaminergic high that we get neuropsychologically from that kind of intense, you know, oh my goodness, is this the one kind of thing that you might have going on? And the problem is too, when we, they actually conducted a study, they found that among 500 individuals who experienced love bombing, they estimated that the average duration, so this can go on and on and on, is about five and a half months for men and three and a half months when the woman is the one to do the love bombing. And if we haven't, of course, conducted enough research in this area to know about um, those who um, have other genders and um, we definitely need to expand that. But just the idea that this could be going on and on and on and on as well is something that makes this an important topic for us.
0: Well, it's crucial to note that love bombing, it's not a tactic deployed in the initial stages of relationship, but it's, uh, it's cyclic. It's a reoccurring pattern of power and control, uh, like the power and control wheel. If you're not familiar with that, I suggest you uh, hop on Google Images and type that in and check it out. Uh, it, it often is love bombing is all and usually like a way of an apology at first. It is, you know, it, it's initial, and then the cyclic pattern is the style of an apology. And it's important to stay vigilant for what happens in between. Uh, it's a sign the signs you'll see in the power and control will, and that'll help you safeguard your emotional health. And my question is is how can we recognize? and avoid individuals that exhibit love bombing tendencies and those that suffer from personality traits that uh, love bomb. And can you share some signs that uh, one should be aware of?
2: Oh, signs that one should be aware of. That's a really good one. Um, it starts at the beginning. If we're talking about signs that one should be aware of, we're definitely looking at folks who um, let's say someone who blows up your phone with texts nonstop Um, and someone who is right at the very beginning, you know, after just meeting them, they're trying to take the relationship too far too fast. Um, It's, you know, it's one of the things too, where they can actually try to use the gifts and things that they bought you as manipulation. So, it's really important that we listen to, you know, our na'a, our gut. A lot of times your, your inner self will tell you that something doesn't feel quite right. Let's say someone has been texting you back to back and you're in class and you cannot respond. Your professor has already said, you know, no phones in class. And so they keep, why aren't you responding? Where are you? That kind of thing. Um, and then, you know, when you respond back, they act like nothing happened. But that anxiety that you felt knowing that you couldn't respond, that's an indicator that something isn't right, that that this person is expecting that they're going to become the center of your world. And so what will happen is with the gifts, with the overattention, with the intensity that happens right at the beginning, um, if... They decide later to do something sketchy like cheat in the relationship, they're likely to bring that stuff back up. Remember how good I was to you in the beginning? Or um, remember all that jewelry I brought you? And suddenly it's like they're trying to cancel out, you know, the the things that they do that are uh, damaging in the relationship with all the stuff that they were doing in the beginning. So it's really important that, um, you know, we recognize how we feel in our guts in our uh, right in the beginning about a person and just to kind of check in with ourselves about um, the dynamics of the relationship.
1: I think that's super important. And I think it also sort of points to the fact that love bombers do have this, uh, you know, manipulative tendencies to really kind of find out how to squeeze their way in, if you will, um, maybe like doing it based off like some some sort of piece of history you've shared with them and then maybe they're giving gifts based off that because they know you never got them and then yeah like you said they can just bring it up later and they know how much it affects you because you already you already told them you know you sort of um you release that vulnerability with them which I think is really important I think it's important to sort of Uh, you know, understand your vulnerabilities in a way. So
2: (laughs) that is key that, I mean, when you think about it for a lot of us, just think about that first feeling you get, which I'm going to talk about new relationship energy in a minute, but you know, love bombing hits the spot because we all crave to feel awesome about ourselves. So here we are, we've met someone who thinks who is letting you think that they think you're amazing and they actually find that we might be especially susceptible to love bombing after we've experienced something where we're kind of down, like maybe after losing a job, failing a class, after we've been through a tough breakup right before then. And so those who love bomb usually have like a sixth sense for sniffing out when our self-esteem isn't at its peak. And so that's when they jump right in. But here's where it gets interesting. I was looking at an article in Psychology Today they're not just after someone who's feeling low mm-hmm. sometimes they target folks who look like they've got it all together oh for sure and so it's it'll be the straight A student who just had their heart broken or mm-hmm. the you know the person who is running student government on the outside these people seem like they're living the dream and so deep down though we all have our own se- mm-hmm. insecurities And the love bomber plays on that. And that's when they make their move and they start showering us with all this love and attention. And it gives us that rush of good vibes because it's filling a gap for us. So Mm -hmm. that's why it's important that we learn how to fill our own gaps, how to fill in our own hookahs so that we don't rely on others to do that for us.
1: Okay. So, but could you elaborate on the filling of of the gaps? Because I want to know, I want to know some like, some strategies perhaps on how to maybe like build a stronger defense and maybe not let my vulnerability show as much. Is that possible?
2: It is. It is. Okay. So the first thing that we want to do as especially for ourselves, I think is to really kind of um, make sure that we're aware of our own vulnerabilities. We need self-awareness. We need to recognize our own emotional triggers um, because that's when we can find out if we're being targeted because of those triggers. So how do you do this? It's important to regularly reflect on your own feelings and how you react to things so that you can kind of check in. Is this an area of vulnerability for me? Work on your self-esteem. Um, it's That sounds easier said than done because it is. <laughs> so we know that a lot of times we tend to be our own worst critics. I'm really guilty of that. And so I'd love to hear from the two of you, what are the ways that you work on your own self-esteem? And maybe those folks who are listening to us, you know, for this session, think about it. What are you doing? Do you do self-affirmations? Do you try to set, you know, small achievable goals and then take the time to celebrate your success? What do you do so that you have a less, that you're less likely to rely on external validation? Because that's what love bombing is. Somebody external Making you feel amazing, but what happens when it's when the validation comes from within is that we don't need it from others. So I'd like to pause right there and ask what do you what do you two do to ensure that your self-esteem is where it should be?
0: okay, ah uh, so I I'll go first to that, and I definitely want to add so in my in my personal experience with love bombing is that I, I can recall that the person seemed so um interested in my trauma and wanted to know details of things that had happened to me in the past and was kind of um grandiose about like how oh that would never happen to you if I was there and oh if I ever see them I'm gonna do this and that and I can't believe you know you went through this oh you're so strong uh etc etc but and in the time it was nice to be heard but then in hindsight when things would happen um uh, i would be almost made fun of for trauma that i went through and almost um insulted
1: it would get it brought using... up again
0: yes it's it's not my you know not my fault you were sexually assaulted mm. uh you know not not my fault that you're you know your parents are addicts and mm. it would be like j- jabs mm. of my um like traumatic, you know, childhood events and even adult events, but it was so, you know, they were so interested, so quickly to know everything, and it's okay to to own, mm. you know, to own things that have happened to you after you've processed it and you and you've participated or and participate in, you know, therapy. And to be able to talk about things, it, it, it can be very helpful. But it's also important to gauge like the time lapse, how mm. long you've known this person. And if that's what you want them to know off the gate, because your trauma is not your identity. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. not who you are yes. and who you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, It's healthy to, you know, say, you know, like, yes, I've, I've had things happen to me in the past. And, and to go at a more organic pace mm. and, and, and to practice to practice patience and even maybe if it's hard to do it like in the in the moment like in conversation set yourself a goal and be like i'm not going to tell them this until we've been together for six months or
2: one yeah, year sure. okay so i want to tell you that that has been my golden rule i wow. view how i disclose parts of myself like an onion right okay and the layers
0: that, guess, <laughs> okay, nice.
2: in layers right you get to, when I, you know, if you're first meeting someone on the app, they get one layer, that's the outer layer. That's okay. usually the part of the onion that you kind of throw away, right? That's the initial part. And then uh-huh. slowly you begin to peel back those layers. You don't have to reveal all of yourself within the first one, two, three, you know, hangouts. That's not, let's take the time to savor getting to know one another.
1: You don't have to be a blooming onion.
2: There you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow um so yeah so how do you ensure your own self-esteem
0: learning how to um to harness my self-esteem and to like to focus on uh sourcing that internally Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, it
0: it is it's it's the handy dandy self-care you know but it's more than that Uh, it's more than that it's being intentional about it and it's actually Instead of like scrolling on social media about things that I like about like fitness and recipes and cooking, it's doing it, not just watching mm. other people do it. Yeah. And it's it's just like even when I so when I don't feel like going to the gym, believe I'm gonna go to the gym. When I don't want to mm. go, seems like that's when I show up the most. And mm. little things like that, and it's loving myself. Yeah. It's it's going and getting that that it's going and getting that little boba sometimes. It's. Mm-hmm it's cleaning yeah. up around my apartment or, you know, cleaning up my car. Uh, you know, yes. it's, it, yeah. it's, it's reflecting on, you know, what I've been through and taking breaks from socializing and you know, my social battery, I need to step away. I don't get, uh, energized from being around people. I get energized mm-hmm. from, you know, uh, some solitude mm-hmm. and it's remembering that I don't need to give, yeah, that's how I do it. And it's, it's, a. Uh, it's a learning experience for me. I'm, so if anyone's struggling with that, I am what 31 and I'm just baby stepping, figuring this stuff out. So don't feel Mm. limited. Don't feel like you're behind. Don't feel like, yeah, it's, I'm just, I I mean, I'm getting the hang of things kind of, and it's, it's keeping that in my line of vision.
2: Yeah.
1: That's great. Thanks for, thanks for sharing your story, MJ. And also thanks for sharing sort of um, how you do, how you do sort of see the other side and and focus on the positive um you know and like you said it's baby steps you know it's uh, it's but that's okay you're doing it so that's really really important um i love when <laughs> you were talking about you get that boba because that's the first thing that you know resonated with me when sarita was asking this question is you know how do you celebrate yourself and i think that is the biggest thing for me when i am recognizing i'm stressed or i'm recognizing for me like you know high highs or low lows when i go to like the triggers of what has happened to me in the past and i think about the manipulative people in my past or the ways i was love bombed or how do i like kind of break out of that because it can be a dark thought process real quick it can be a like a big spiral Mm
2: -hmm. and um
1: as we all know (laughs) and um for me it really is just treating myself and celebrating things and you know, uh, like her yes. making tacos or, you know, having two cookies, you know, instead of just one. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm yes. I'm really big, like, well, I'm, I'm food oriented, um, as uh, you both know from following my social media. But, but I, yeah, so for me, like, that's like a love language mm-hmm. to myself in a way. Yeah, and yeah I'm treat nourishing chokes, myself, Yeah. And it if best. I'm nourishing myself, then. You know, in a way it's it's helpful just in the sense where, sure, it is indulgent, but I'm the one doing this indulging. I have the power. I recognize the fact that I'm being sure indulgent, but I also recognize that it's helping me at that moment. And um, and no one's gonna hold it over my head later. You know, like this is something I'm doing for me. And um, taking that power back, I think is a big, a big step um in sort of you know just making sure making sure that um I don't kind of fall into older habits I guess Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um excellent thanks uh I think
0: um so like maybe even if so say things like that self-care maybe that you know that independent thing is hard for you but you're Mm -hmm. finding yourself like you know anxious and hungry for the validation from this new person new relationship and if you're a social butterfly not like me then go be with your friends and family that you've had for life long. if you need to be around you know if that's what you need you know and this other person if you could just recognize the anxiety and just the wanting and almost like starvation that this person's you know the bread crumbing then be around those people that already celebrate you for as you are, and and don't yeah. show patterns of that. Don't just say, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta love myself." Other people love you, and don't forget that, and don't play into that that isolation because that is also something that comes from love bombing. Because nobody mm-hmm. else will treat you as good as I do. Nobody mm-hmm. else does mm-hmm. that for you because oh, yeah. it's toxic.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. You got but it. Like, They'll you know, remind so go back, you.
0: call, text your friends back text your mom back text your yeah. dad back like te- yeah and, and realize that you know those people that have been there for you if that's if you know yourself and you know that that's, that's what right. you need
2: that's yeah. right that's right getting that support i mean that's excellent expert advice to <laughs> utilize the support from the folks who already know you especially around this topic because remember, we talked about the fact that it's based on a superficial understanding of who you are that seems to get too deep too fast.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: it's not real, right? It's like cotton candy, a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's great that you said, go back to the folks who know who you are and commune and connect with those folks those individuals cotton
1: candy would be another way in which i treat myself fyi Uh, (laughs) but but that's a whole other um conversation about (laughs) hyper that (laughs) for for another podcast but um but another like you know if we're thinking of i don't know if i'm the one to give advice but you know if it comes to things strategies that i do is like i in with my last relationship and going into uh the one i'm currently in which i'll say you know left and right and every day that ends with the Y, the best relationship I've ever been in in my life. And it's super healthy. And I did create almost rules for myself before diving back into being in a relationship. And one of this, like, kind of like a checklist, if you will, I was like, we'll never be anybody raising their voice at anybody, like no yelling, you know what I mean? And I can say, we've, you know, been together almost two years, and we've, hold it off and it's possible if you're listening and you think that's impossible it's it's actually possible but um mj I, I i know you have a question about about this said like healthy relationship uh checklist
0: uh yeah i personally would benefit uh so uh in your opinion so what are key attributes if you, if you could have like a the healthy person checklist uh <laughs> could you go over that like that? Like just the could you uh, detail why these are why they're important? Yeah, and, and how to be if effective when and looking for these things in a checklist.
2: For sure, for sure. Um, you know, as someone who has seen um and experienced toxic toxic relationships in the past, but also being in a really healthy, wonderful um relationship of twenty five years. <laughs> I often get asked by folks, you know, how do you stay in a relationship so long? And I point out that it's not about the length, because I know some people who've been together for a long time and are miserable. It's about being together and being happy with one another within that within that length of time. And so for me, it starts with mutual respect, being able to recognize and value each other's differences, each other's feelings and boundaries. Because it fosters the safe and supportive environment where you feel valued. So that idea of mutual respect is really important. And so the way to cultivate that is to communicate, regularly communicate your needs. Um listen actively to what your partner is saying that they need and have confidence in each other's loyalty actions and words. So it's important that um, you know, trust is there. That's the second part. So mutual respect, trust, um, and you know, it's difficult to have trust when you're just meeting someone. That's why it takes time to build trust, Um, you know, believe people when they show you who they are. So it's important. And if we're looking for love bombing, we're looking for consistency in actions. And someone who love bombs is not consistent in their actions. They start out really hype and too much, and then they may take it away, Um you know at the end of the when when it's time to change the cycle so looking consistency in how the person is treating you and interacting with you um that's really important for security and intimacy in a relationship honest communication that would be the third thing being able to share how you think and feel about things without being worried about judgment from your partner is really important and so um the other thing is that idea of independent independence independence comes out especially when we're talking about love bombing because a person tries to consume all of your time and attention and may even try to pull you away from your friends from your hobbies and so it's really important that you maintain individual interests you can support let's say you're you know dating or hanging out with someone who's on a basketball team um you can support them by going to the games you don't have to support them by joining the league right like you can you can each have your own things that you're doing, where you're supporting from the sidelines and you're encouraging each other's personal growth and pursuits outside of the relationship. If someone starts to act like they're your be all or end all, that's problematic. That's definitely a red flag. Um, The other important thing I think is empathy, you know, understanding that empathy is key in a relationship. Someone who can validate your feelings and offer support without judgment. When there's empathy there, it strengthens emotional connections. Um, being able to solve problems together. That's another thing. Um, being able to approach conflicts as a team as part of that problem solving. And I would say also quality time. And with that comes physical affection if if that's part of the relationship. But definitely quality time, I think is essential to any relationship, being able to um Have meaningful time together how often have you seen folks out on a date and both folks are on their phones scrolling through ig instead of talking to each other so (laughs) Travis,
1: right it's always cringy to see i try not to be judgmental when i see it because i'm like well you never know you never know if that work email pops up but yeah it's always i'm like oh my goodness like (laughs) first of all i'm so cheap where i'm like you're wasting your meal (laughs) that's my first thought (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but also yeah. a wasted opportunity to connect For in sure. that moment. For sure, so if you yeah. have to do what you said, which is establish rules, then maybe that has to be the thing, you know, and in my family, the rule is no phones at the table, period. I think everybody in my family knows that my
1: 100% yeah.
2: they know that that's my preference. If we're hanging out is that we're going to be spending time with each other um, and that we're going to be communing together. Now, outside of the tape, you know, other there are other times, there's times in a place for everything, right? So just if we're supposed to be connecting, um then we're going to disconnect uh, from technology in that moment. I know that's a little old fashioned, but I highly recommend taking some time to build the connection with each other. Um, even if it's if you're using technology and you're playing a video game, yeah, then play a video game together, right? There yeah. are lots of co-op video games that you can play sure. that are actually yeah. really good for relationships. So I can name a few if you want me to. So <laughs> the idea is that there's things that you can do that will build. I want to say the last point about a healthy relationship to me is shared values and building in fun. Relationships, you know, people say, oh, it's so much work. Um, It is and it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like it's work if you enjoy your work kind of thing Mm -hmm. like we all go to you know for we we all go to work but sometimes we go to work and we actually have fun and we enjoy doing what we're doing a relationship can be and should be fun if you find yourself feeling like oh my gosh like the person is just making you feel heavy Mm -hmm. and pulled down by an anchor if if it's too much you really have to assess you know ask yourself am I getting what I need out of this relationship is my mm-hmm. partner getting what they need out of this relationship? Are we the healthiest for each other that we can be? And what do we need to change? Because it should be fun and you should have some shared values about things. Like mm-hmm. you said, You know, not yelling in an argument, having the value that I respect you too much as a person and I value our relationship enough to know that a raised voice will um, you know, take us out of the argument and into an emotional space. So we're not going to raise our voices. I think that's really, you know, um, a great role to have. So that those are the kinds of things that I think promote the healthiest relationships. And definitely, especially with love bombing, creating those boundaries, 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 which I think we're going to role play in a little bit.
1: Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah, no, I'm excited for the um the role play thing we have coming up in just a minute. Um, Just one more kind of tip that I think a lot of people think about, especially like in the beginning of a relationship, because I mean, everyone knows about butterflies and how things can just seem like super amazing, you know, right at first, um, obviously, it's important to kind of keep that amazing, amazingness, as you were saying, you know, kind of keep, uh, you know, involvement, interaction, and just general good quality time with your partner. But in general, I think, when we're talking about this, is it butterflies? Is it love bombing? I think it's important to kind of maintain that realism. So can you possibly share some advice on how to maintain a level of realism during like say the early infatuation laden phase of a relationship? And how does this aid in avoiding the pitfalls of love bombing?
2: This is where I wanna, you know, definitely bring up this idea of, you know, NRE. New relationship energy, um, which is a real thing, right? How do you distinguish love bombing from new relationship energy? And I think it starts with, is it mutual? So new relationship energy, when you just met somebody and you get butterflies every time they text you, or you can't wait for them to, you know, send you a picture or whatever it is. So it's characterized by mutual enthusiasm and excitement about getting to know each other. Both partners are equally engaged and interested. If it seems that there's this power dynamic where one is just constantly coming on too strong, that's a sign that we need to look out for. Um, With new relationship energy, there's a respect for boundaries. So even with the excitement of, oh my gosh, I met this really cool person. There's also a respect for each other's personal space, right, boundaries, the pace of the relationship. Um, If the other individual says, hey, you know, I, I think it's great that we're getting to know each other, I want you to know I'm still dating and seeing other people, you know, blah, blah. There's that space for that conversation and it's respected. Um, The other thing with, you know, new relationship energy is independence, right? So yes, I'm excited. I just met somebody, but you still keep your independence. You still keep your hobbies. You still keep your same social circles. Um, The intimacy might be gradual too. So emotional and physical intimacy develops at a pace that's comfortable for both people. And then, and here's what's most kind of distinguishable between the butterflies. I just met this awesome person. And oh my gosh, is this a problem? Do I need to kind of let this go? It's sustainable affection. So the affection and the attention feels sustainable. It doesn't feel overwhelming. It fits naturally into your life. If you're like, oh my God, I have to hurry up and text this person back before they think I'm not interested, right? Like, Check in with how you're feeling throughout the relationship as you're getting to know the person. If you're finding that you're feeling put upon or feeling some sort of pressure to do something for somebody else's expectations, those are signs that, hey, wait a minute, you didn't need to have a discussion or you need to kind of, you know, let the person know that this isn't going to be healthy for you. Yeah, I think
1: keeping that discussion is super important because, you know, maybe even in some cases, uh, you may be feeling that way because of maybe a past relationship, and you were saying, "Oh my uh, gosh, you know, I I need to text them back, or else they're going to be so mad." And then, what if you express that to your partner, and they say, "What? Like that hasn't happened?" But not that they're gaslighting you. You actually are just sort of thinking about maybe something that's happened to you in the past, and mm-hmm. that's why keeping this uh, kind of conversation going is so important. Because you know, even if it was the case where he is love bombing you, or maybe especially if you bring up this conversation and and it doesn't go well, then that's a that's probably a good sign. So always keeping uh, this communication open, following the signs, following uh, your heart. Following, you know, I think that's that's mm-hmm. super important. Sort of checking in with yourself, being in yeah,
2: tune,
1: yeah, being in tune with how you're gonna how you're going to feel at the end of it. And you know, I like the new relationship energy. But I like how you said sustainable. So I think everyone should be going for SRE, sustainable relationship energy. I think that is the way <laughs> yeah. to keep yeah. it going. in 2024, yeah. we need some SRE. <laughs> uh, <Save>
2: that. <laughs>
1: so I do appreciate that. So next up, I'm so excited. We're going to have a little role play example of recognizing love bombing. And then after, uh, we'll give an example, a role play example of setting boundaries. So um, Sarita and I are going to start first. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to show off our acting chops and we hope everybody enjoys.
2: Hey, so Alex, I've been thinking a lot about us lately. And you know, I'm all for how we're diving in and we're getting close. But I do think that things are moving super fast. Don't you think? it's It's a bit much for me.
1: Oh, really? I just thought you were into all the attention and surprises. I'm just trying to show you how much I care, you know.
2: I mean, I get that, and and it's sweet, but mm, it's also kind of intense, and I'm all for us getting close, but I want you to know that I do need my own space, you know? It's, it's not about not liking you or anything.
1: Oh, I didn't realize I was coming on... Too strong. My bad. Let's figure out what works best for both of us then. And then next okay. up, we're gonna have an example of setting boundaries. Um, you know, communicating boundaries and maintaining a healthy relationship dynamic.
0: Sarita, you know I love spending time with you, but Don't you think it's important that we maintain our our hobbies and friendships that we already had outside this relationship? I mean, it's who I am and that's what you're attracted to, right?
2: I mean, you know what? I was worried that you would think that I'm not interested in you if I said the same thing you're saying. It's just I've had past relationships where my independence was seen as a lack of commitment and I didn't want you to think that I wasn't committed to you. So that's why. Yeah.
0: I completely understand. I've been in the same boat before, but this time I want to pursue a healthy relationship. And from what I've learned, that means that both of us, we still got to grow independently and there's still space for us to still grow together. And let's just make sure that we can support that space for each other.
2: You know what? I agree. Let's make a conscious effort to maintain our individuality while we're building this relationship
1: you see how important these conversations can be. And honestly, I mean, just kind of how easy they can be if you just get them out, you know? I think it's the first step, the first word. You have to really sort of put it out there. So maybe if someone's listening and they are sort of wondering how they're gonna talk to their partner about this, or maybe in the future, they don't know if they'd be able to bring a discussion like this up. Don't be afraid to sort of have these role play situations with your friends with your family, you want to be prepared because, believe it or not, just having the conversation sometimes can be one of the hardest parts. But then once you do it, you'll be so happy that you did. So I really appreciate that we did that for everybody to listen to today. So in general, love bombing is characterized by both tangible and intangible acts. These actions often include receiving material gifts, along with an overdose of compliments or flattery. The line between love at first sight and love bombing can often blur, creating confusion and discerning genuine affection from manipulation. We've all experienced that exhilarating feeling of falling passionately in love instantly and receiving affection and compliments from our partners. But Sarita, how can we differentiate this phenomenon from the calculated systemic process of love bombing? I feel like we'd already answered this question.
2: You know, we've touched on it a couple of times, okay. but I think that it cannot be reiterated enough, especially at the end as we begin to summarize, right? So I think when we started this conversation, even before we started recording, we were talking about um, the, a relationship being on a continuum, right? So that at one end of the continuum, you have um, maybe somebody who has developed a um, relationship patterns that can still be adjusted with education and with communication think about it a lot of us you know didn't take a class on how to be in a relationship we learn how to be in a relationship from where from the folks that we see around us from media as i mentioned from you know um examples which isn't always
1: good examples
2: Exactly. (laughs) exactly exactly so think about the things that we're exposed to and socialized in terms of how we are to conduct ourselves in a relationship so it's no wonder that some of us pick up or begin to develop some habits and some ways of communicating that um, are not conducive to a healthy relationship that would be at the kind of if we're thinking about a continuum. That would be at the, you know, one end of the continuum where it's workable, where we can communicate about it, like what was demonstrated in the role plays. Yeah. We could talk about it and we came to an understanding. At the other end of the continuum, that is when you're like, oh my goodness, this is toxic and I need to get away from this person right now. So that would be like that show. I don't know, you that's on Netflix. I think it's about this guy who's like really wild in terms of his behavior. I heard it's
1: crazy. I have not seen it though.
2: (laughs) Yeah it's 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 wild. But you know this idea that someone is deliberately, insidiously trying to manipulate you psychologically. That's at the other end of the continuum where you need to get out right away to protect your own safety and sanity. And so that's where remember I talked about you know it was coined based on the manipulation that folks would use to try to get individuals to join gangs or to, um, you know, be prostituted. And so that kind of manipulation, making making you feel like they're the only one in the world who can do things for you, who can love you in this way, who can give you the world, who can whisk you off to, you know, the Bahamas out of nowhere, who can, you know, or who can, you know, buy you a new car, because you need it, who can pay your rent, and they just met you yesterday? You know, ah, that is where you we need to we need to catch it. So at the one end of the relationship, yeah, you know, at the end of the continuum, yeah, you can, you know, talk it through like how we demonstrated. But there gets to be a point, and that's where we have to engage our critical thinking. That's one of the key, I guess, tools in our toolkit is to be able to think critically about what is happening in the relationship as it's happening and checking in with ourselves about how does this make me feel? If I'm feeling anxious because I fell asleep and I didn't text you back and now you're going to think that I'm not interested because I didn't text you back, but really I fell asleep. Well, should I really feel anxious about that? And why do I feel anxious about that? Is there a dynamic in the relationship that's a little bit toxic or unhealthy in that regard? So. It has to do with understanding and thinking critically about where you are in that continuum and knowing if you are with someone that is, you know, full on love bomber labeled um, to get out of that situation as soon as possible.
1: Thank you for that. Because it sounds like the difference oftentimes lies in the motives and the manner in which these actions are employed and sort of doing that critical thinking, really sort of, you know, recognizing, you know, A, did this happen to me? B, you know, why or how? You know, is how is this person seeping their way in? Are are they using these manipulative tactics, like, like you said, like... Uh, Yes. making sure that my rent's paid, you know, like things like yeah. that, or, or bringing yeah. up, um, family past or, you know, what are they doing? Like, is this, is it textbook? Uh, you love bombing because, you know, sometimes if you don't, if you don't have the material to recognize that you're not going to be able to recognize it. Right. You um, know,
2: it was funny because I told my daughter, um, that I was going to have this conversation with you folks today. And she said, it's really important to talk about it because folks have been doing it. She said, you know, someone you're dating will get you flowers. They'll they'll say, I love you too soon. They'll take you on nice dates. And then about a month later, they'll stop talking to you Mm. for something small, like they don't like your outfit um, or because it was too revealing or something. Mm. So it's interesting that folks are finding that this is happening in relationships and um, they're kind of missing some of the signs and signals. So I think it's important that we are having this discussion. You know, if you find that um, in your critical thinking, when you're looking at the relationship, you need to reflect, is the relationship moving at a pace that seems reasonable? Is the level of affection, does it match the level of intimacy and knowledge about each other? So is it going too deep, too fast? And is it mutual or is it more on one end than, than the other? You know, those are the questions to just kind of ask yourself. Not to get you, we don't want folks scared to be in a relationship now. Mm -hmm. We just want folks to be aware that, as I mentioned on the continuum, on one end, folks may have not developed the best and healthiest mm, tactics for Mm -hmm. being in a relationship. But on the other end, there are some folks who are um, actively manipulative that we need to stay away from. And so we just need to be educated about this and to, to, to trust our gut.
1: Yeah, and I like what you said about, is it a match? Because it's not at, saying that as if it's a competition. Like, am I doing as much as this person? But wondering, you know, is what I'm putting out, is is it is it the same kind of love that is being put out at me? Or is what's being put out me coming from a different place? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, and recognizing that, I think, is is super super important you know because love bombers systemically use these uh, tactics and then often follow a pattern this pattern later reveals acts of jealousy control rage betrayal and even verbal or physical abuse a person who truly loves you will not consistently use previous gifts or flattery as weapons in future disagreements So it's crucial to note that love bombing isn't merely a tactic deployed in initial relationship stages, but rather it's a recurring feature of uh, someone with narcissistic tendencies, power, and the control wheel, as we discussed earlier. Often, The control wheel itself often surfaces as a unique style of apology. So always stay vigilant for these telltale signs to safeguard your emotional health. In closing, remember that recognizing love bombing and navigating it effectively can be challenging. However, armed with the knowledge and a healthy degree of skepticism, you can safeguard yourself from emotional manipulation and cultivate a balanced, fulfilling relationship. But this journey to awareness often raises additional questions. So Sarita, in wrapping up, how can you further fortify your emotional health against such insidious tactics and what more can be done to support others who might be caught in the turbulence of a love bombers, relentless manipulations.
2: I think before I do um, MJ, I think you wanted to share.
0: Yeah. Just one thing. I just want to close out. So we're not feeling like a, uh, you know, deflated or feeling like we're, we're not deserving of um, you know, the, the positive like the that that positive aspect of love bombing, like it's important to remember like you are worth uh you know, admiration. And it could come in forms of tangible or intangible. You know, you are worth that. If somebody's going to, you know, come into your life and and, and care about you. It's just so don't think that just because, you know, anybody starts to do kind things for you. It's important to, you know, to be mindful and be vigilant, but know that you're still worthy. If you have endured this, don't let that keep you in a box and keep you from ever allowing anyone to ever love you again.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, but just keep in yeah. mind, it is a part of, uh, look out for the the cyclic pattern. Uh, like Alex was saying, uh, look out for the retaliation, look out for the, you know, holding things over your head. Like That's where you know that that's not right. But you are still worth those positive feelings that unfortunately that that negative tactic gave you. Yeah, that's all. Hold your so, head up. <laughs> so yeah, so we want
2: to fortify ourselves, right? If we want to be able to, um, you know, make sure that we can um, be in healthy relationships, I think it's important that we engage in continuous self-reflection, assessing our feelings and emotional responses to things, Um, That can be done with a journal or through reflective practices like meditation. Um, Strengthen our emotional boundaries. So we need to work on clearly defining and communicating what's acceptable in our relationships. It is okay for you to say, you know, I appreciate that you wanted to get me this gift. We just met. And so I I think, um, you know, this gift would be more appropriate if you know, we knew each other longer. Let's, you know, I do appreciate that you gave it to me though. And um, let's continue to work on getting to know one another a little bit more. It's okay for you to establish boundaries and rules and to practice saying no in situations that feel uncomfortable and to assert your needs without guilt. Uh, so if you need to be able to have more time to be with your friends, if you need to be in a situation where, you know, you're not being disturbed while you're in class to be able to say listen i i understand that you want to spend time with me i reserve weekends for hanging out with friends and those that i'm trying to get to know like you but monday through thursday is for school
0: no and uh so and when we when we do implement boundaries with folks But people and it can and love bombing can be in the workplace, in family, in friends, you know, new friends, you know, new boss, you know, new coworker. It can be platonic as well, but it's important. People's reaction to basic boundaries. That will let you know what's going on. Do read into that. Yeah, definitely. Do do read into that.
1: Yeah. You're not being
0: paranoid. You're not being, you know, do read into someone's reaction.
1: you you know standing up for yourself that's something is a huge red flag there yeah
0: we're talking about boundaries of people's reactions as a a transparent you know it's kind of a (laughs) precursor
2: yes yes because if you do read into it it. if you say hey listen you know i have a paper due this week so i'm not going to be available to hang out you know (laughs) well you wasn't
0: that pretty anyway (laughs) (laughs) crazy like that
2: if you coming (laughs) off of me like that then it's time for you to exit stage left Thank you for showing yeah. me who you are. And <laughs> you're not the person for me. No, so be strong.
1: Or in my case, it was, you know, I have a paper due. I'm sorry, I can't. And it's, oh, you never were good at at time management. You, ne- you never did know how to make time for me. You always were selfish with your time. I bet your mom feels like, did you do this to your mom too? Oh. Yeah, I mean, you know.
2: Oh, no, bad. that's Most so stuff. toxic. And, and that was a red flag. Yeah, that was definitely
1: 100%. But yeah, red flag, you know, five year red flag, all good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
2: my goodness. But yeah, it's those kinds of communications. I mean, that's what I want our listeners to know is that if you begin to set some, some boundaries for yourself or to be able to say what it is that you need to thrive and the person that you're involved with tries to thwart those efforts, that right there is enough to say, Hey, Is this person good for me? Is this going to be a healthy relationship? And the answer to that is a resounding no. No. Mm -hmm. You deserve better.
1: Welcome to Live Pono, Love Pono. I'm your host, Alex Williamson, with Lieber Community College's Student Life. Joined by my coworker, MJ. And today we are talking to Sarita Washington, a counselor at Leeward Community College. Our conversation today revolves around a sensitive but prevalent topic affecting relationships, love bombing. Love bombing, as it is euphemistically called, is far from a loving practice. It is, in fact, a form of manipulation and a psychological abuse tactic employed by those with certain narcissistic personality traits. We are going to go over some examples of love bombing, and then we're gonna have some questions over to our guest counselor, Sarita. First of all, we wanna thank guest counselor, Sarita Washington, for joining us today. How are you?
2: My dreams take focus. My hard work is paying off. And I'm eligible to join the Matanuska Valley Federal Credit Union since I'm going to school in Waipahu.
0: The Waipahu community office is nearby. I can set up an account,
2: establish credit, and get a loan all online. If you live, learn, work, or worship in the Waipahu area, you're eligible to join.
1: Federally insured by the NCUA.